Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to Lockdown Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Wednesday, March 3rd, 2021, and the Red Wings have just endured uh, about as thorough of an ass-kicking as they are going to this season. No Larkin, no Bertuzzi, no Stetcher. I'm sure I'm missing somebody else that was out of the lineup. Uh, well, not that, not the person you're thinking of. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna break it all down because there was some positives from this game when you take into consideration that they were missing half of their good players. Uh, the power plays a juggernaut. We'll talk about that. We got a nice Lucas Absolutely. Raymond quote uh, or a quote about Lucas Raymond uh, to cure your, your post Red Wings loss depression. And we're going to figure out what to do with these reverse retro jerseys because they debuted them tonight and they look absolutely awful. Uh, but sustainability, you know, we're going to find a way to reduce and reuse. Uh, so stick around for that as well. I am Detroit sports editor Nolan Bianchi with me. Today is Scott Bentley of the Bentley Show, and he is also a Detroit Twitter savant. Uh, what's going on, Scott? How, how's it going, man? Uh, you know, it, it was going pretty well until about two hours ago, and then I had to watch the product that we had to watch. But no, it, it, you know what? <laughs> it comes with the territory, honestly, at this point. So pr- pretty good. Can't complain. So um, we are going to lead the folks off with uh, a little bit of I feel like we should do this after like games is just like give the people like a fun quote or a good stat uh, to lead off every I like that loss recap just to, you know, bring the energy up sure. um, beforehand. So this is uh, I was listening last night to the elite prospects podcast with JD Burke and Craig button uh, and they interviewed Red Wings director of European scouting Hakan Anderson. He's been with the team forever. Uh, and one of the questions that they asked him was about Lucas Raymond. He said, quote, I just found out a week ago that the world juniors coach for Sweden, who was an inexperienced assistant coach and was put in the position. He told me people here, he told some people here back in Sweden that the biggest help maybe of the whole tournament for him was Lucas Raymond. He said he did so many things on the team. We had team meetings and he talked to certain players and he did certain things that helped me so much. He said, I can't tell you enough what disaster I would have been without Lucas Raymond on the team. Beautiful. Yeah, obviously that's music to everybody's ears, but uh, I think another reason why that, that aside from the obvious reasons as to why that's such a big deal is because coming into draft night, if you remember his, like his ice time was kind of like in question, right? Mm-hmm. Like people are kind of questioning like, Oh, he hasn't gotten quite as much ice time as those solidified top three guys. Like what's the deal with that kind of thing. So hearing that all but kind of puts to rest any doubt that people that were still hung up on that may have had. And, and obviously that's music to everybody's ears. Well, another interesting thing uh, is that Hakan Anderson also said that la- I believe it was last season. They, they basically told him like, Hey, um, you know, you can play up with the uh, in the men's league or you can play in the junior league and you'll get a ton of ice time. You'll be a star, you know, it's your pre-draft year, yada, yada, yada. 
And he basically, he's, I, I can't remember what it was, but it was so respectful. And it was like, if it's okay with you guys, I think I'd prefer to stay because I like, you know, the work, I like the, the practices. I think it's good for right. me and, and sacrificed basically a, a chance to be a big fish in a little pond and just be an absolute showstopper uh, in the junior Swedish league. So um, I thought that was ultra impressive as well. Yeah. Work ethic, baby. The city, yeah. the city loves it. The city, the city uh, eats that kind of stuff up, those kind of stories. So obviously a, a big thing. And like I said, any, any doubt that people had for that reason is, is all but put to rest at this point. Uh, all right. Do you want to lead off with the second period disaster? Sure. That sounds great. I would love to lead off with a disaster. Yes. Well, actually, actually, you know what? We'll, we'll kind of start with an, oh, well, eh. Never mind. Yeah, second period disaster. <laughs> all right, right, all right. Cool, okay. Cool, cool. So, um, the Red Wings and and the Blue Jackets they playing for what I would call uh, for the first twenty minutes, honestly, a pretty boring hockey game. Uh, I don't yes. have the shots total in front of me for the first period. It was ten to ten. Um, there the the Red Wings come out and they basically go into the second period one to one, and all hell breaks loose. There's like five minutes left in the period. They're getting out shot fourteen to one. Uh, they end up getting out shot seventeen to four. And in that time, uh, Riley Nash snipes <laughs> Jonathan Bernier. Jack Roslovic uh, has a beautiful tip. And then Boone Jenner um, just kind of finishes things off and really just sends things into the pe- third period on a bad note uh, with by taking the, the four to one lead there. Yeah, I think um, the fact you can say this about the whole game and specifically the second period. The fact that the deficit is only what it was is honestly a, a, a miracle of sorts. Uh, this, that was, we got outplayed to, to hell and back. This, this game was uh, the most stereotypical 1920 uh, Red Wings game sure. that they basically could have played where they, they, and the only difference is usually after the first period where you're sitting there and you're thinking like, holy hell, how is this game tied or how are they only losing by one goal or in some rare instances, how do they have a lead? Uh, and then Very you're going rare, to the second yes. period and, and the floodgates just completely. Uh, you can only hold on for so long. You can only yes. hold on for so long until, until you're, you're just asking for, for, for that to the tides to turn. And yeah, the, the turnovers in our own zone had me screaming at my TV and it just was not a, a, the second period specifically, as you said, was very unpleasant for a lot of reasons. And uh, again, the fact that it, we walked out of there the whole night with only a three goal loss is, is somewhat of a miracle. And the reason I say that it's, it's so stereotypical of the 1920 Red Wings is because this is one of the stats that kind of like blew me away and fascinates me the most about, uh, last season, they, in the first period, they got outscored by opponents 61 to 44, which is not good, but no nope. yeah, respectable, uh, and outshot 787 to 635. Now in the second period last season, they were outshot 811 to 631, which again, not good, but also only 40 shots different over the course of an entire season. Sure. Uh, or so about half a shot per game difference uh, in terms of shots against. Now here's where it gets weird. In the first period, they only gave up 61 goals last year. In the second period, they gave up 103. And I think oh. what this has a lot to do is like 
just hanging on by a thread for so long. And then what happens is you end up with these, uh, the, the Ross of it goal, like where they just completely dominate in the offensive zone. They're moving the puck around. They have the momentum and it's only a matter of time before they're going to score because they are getting all the chances. And quite frankly, the Red Wings are mentally uh, defeated. Yeah. And and I think we kind of saw that not in the second period, but in the third period of the Blackhawks game this past Mm -hmm. weekend as well. Like you hold on by a thread and you're like, okay, like we are, we are barely, we're getting outplayed like crazy, but we're still in it. It's still, you know, a one goal game, a tie game. And then the, the floodgates open, right. You pop one cork and it all just flows. And at that point it's there, the mindset is either we're out of it, like, like whatever, at this point, it's already a, a whatever two plus three goal game, or the other team just figures out how to beat you finally and starts executing it. And then you're just hosed because we don't have the, the talent or the coaching to be able to, to manage that kind of pressure on the fly. And here's another thing that I noticed about the game tonight is uh, the Red Wings did not get a single positive break in their direction. Like in no. that, and that, and that's going to happen some games. Like we talked about with the Nashville game. All of the breaks went their way that night. Yes. <laughs> None of the breaks. The Gagne game is what it's yeah, called. The Ga- yeah, sorry, sorry. The Gagne game. Yes, as it is formerly known. Uh, in, in this game, they give up. They, they start the second period. They do not look good. Uh, they give up a goal. Jeff Blaschel challenges. It gets overturned somehow. He's on fire. Jeff, we, we, that might it be was a whole episode one day. Is that yeah. three in a row? Um, I, I think he missed one, but. I digress. Three of his last four. It's all about yeah, percentages, like baby. Yeah, yeah, percentages. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then so they win the challenge and it's like, all right, we're, it's like, that's something that should give you your mojo, give you your legs, give you, you know, a, a chance at second life. Um, and the, and the blue jackets come and they score. I think it was 19 seconds later. Like it was ridiculously soon. And I feel like when you have those types of moments where it's like the low, the, the getting scored on like you know you should and then all of a sudden holy shit we won the challenge we have new life right. and then you get scored on right away again like that up and down I would rather that first goal just count and, right. and play from there because I think honestly that's a, a back and forth that really really crushes you and I think that's what we saw for the remainder of that second period yeah I completely agree it's it's like in football when you see those plays where like there's a penalty why does the clock hit zero and the other team scores a touchdown but then there's a flag and everybody looks for a flag and there's a flag and then you have to come back and you thought you just won and you have to redo it kind of thing to to a lesser extent being in the middle of the second period it's really the same thing you know what I mean and that's yeah. that's that has to be a ridiculous mental game to play with yourself and just be like oh <laughs> like just kidding and then and then like you said the the it'd be one thing obvious this is fairly obvious to state but it'd be one thing if if we it got reversed and then that gave us some momentum and we started pushing into their zone and stuff but giving up another goal literally like 30 seconds after yeah. is brutal there, there's almost no recovering from that that is devastating all right uh we got to talk about jonathan bernier in the next segment but first i got to talk to the folks about built bar that's right folks the most delicious tasting protein bar on the market is back with six new amazing flavors they've got 12 original flavors uh half of them are with nuts half of them are without nuts i don't know about you scott but the uh the summertime is coming the spring is in the air and uh i gotta get in shape and so i the one way to do that pounding built bars yeah, I would agree. Uh, you get so much, so much protein. 
with barely any calories, usually less than like 150, 170. Like it's honestly almost a joke, uh, less than five grams of net carbs, five grams of, uh, sugars. Like it's, it's, it's off the charts. The macros are on point, uh, just great for the health conscious guy. And that's all on top of the fact that they taste absolutely amazing. Uh, you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Uh, and, and really there's no other way that I can lose weight at this point in my life than without the built bar. It, it just, it's, it's too difficult. Uh, I need built bar by my side and I think you do too. So go to builtbar.com right now and use our promo code locked on 20 and you'll get 20% off of your next order. That's promo code locked on 20 for 20% off at builtbar.com. This is uh, Bertuzzi looking at Setaguchi across the ice and your dead seems to be what uh, he's mouthing. Today on the Lockdown Today podcast, two top teams in the NBA's Western Conference battle it out before the All-Star break. Will the Suns and Lakers meet again in the Western Conference Finals? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Lockdown Today podcast. Subscribe to Lockdown Today wherever you get your podcast. All right, Scott, uh, what did we just tell the people we were going to talk about uh, when we came back from the break? Oh, Jonathan Bernier. Jonathan yes. Bernier. Okay, so we've been pumping Jonathan Bernier's tires pretty, pretty hard uh, yes. on this podcast, and rightfully so. He was 6-3 and three coming into tonight's game. Uh, after the Thomas Grice game the other night, it was one of those things where Bernier is in net, and just like we've talked about before, you feel a little bit of a sense of security. Obviously, uh, that turned out to, to not be the case. Now, here's the thing about Bernier's game before you give us the stats. Uh, one thing that I thought, like, before the floodgates opened, I tweeted, like, maybe once, twice, even a thrice time, Jonathan Bernier is playing like a madman tonight. Uh, and, and so – when we go through the stats, or do you have the stats with you? I do. Can you can you give us the stats? Can we go, can we can we go to the yeah. stats? <laughs> okay. Uh, he only faced twenty seven shots and gave up four goals, which is clearly not uh, ideal. We'll call it uh, twenty three saves, obviously, which leaves him at an eighty five percent save percentage. Not fantastic. However, not fantastic. Um he made a lot of saves that he probably shouldn't have. And that's where I, where I kind of struggle with evaluating this game overall. And, and by no means in absolutely no way. Am I saying that Jonathan Bernier is the reason we lost this game? Because I just mentioned they got outshot 17 to four in the second period. And uh, honestly, the box score probably doesn't even tell the tale of how bad it was, but the, the goals that Bernier gave up were like not great goals. The first one was a cam Atkinson two on one, uh slap shot basically unbelievable shot uh and then the next one he gets sniped by riley nash and that's i think where the wheels started to really fall off for him uh the rossovic goal absolutely not his fault and then the boone jenner goal uh another snipe but from a not so great angle both that and the nash goal came from uh not very good angles so um all in all i, I i'm very lukewarm on his performance tonight but regardless of of whether these goals were his fault or not or, or who takes blame for what i think it was maybe uh i don't think it was a necessary reminder but i think it was a reminder that jonathan bernier is, is can only do so much and on on any given night things like this are liable to happen he's liable to get pulled heading into the third 
Yeah, it's the, the story for this whole season for me has has been how difficult I think it is to judge uh, to judge both of these goalies. Really, I, I think with how poor this defense is and how many turnovers we have in our own zone, it is almost impossible to look at just their like base level stats and and understand how good or bad they are. I think it really is just a you know, I don't want to sound like a boomer, but like, it really is just like an eye test kind of, you know what I mean? Like it really yeah. is just like, you have to watch and come to your own conclusion. Like, and so that's, I think this is just a, a, maybe not a, a poster child for the example, but I think this is another example of like, if there's a better team in front of him, obviously I would imagine a lot of these don't happen, but that being said, there are definitely at least two of these goals that, are very much goals that he probably should have stopped at the same time. But there's also some saves that he probably was on his head for a little bit. And then with the better defense, those opportunities don't even happen. You know, it goes back and forth. So uh, it's really hard just in, in general for, for honestly, for both of these goalies, but tonight, obviously Bernier was in that for two periods. So we'll go with him. It's just really difficult to, to judge those kind of, of goals with the team that's in front of them, honestly. Yeah, and I think uh, one of the things to that, too, is, like, for the longest time, I mean, we were kind of sitting on here saying, like, none of these goals, you know, at, at the beginning of the season, like, Thomas Grice, it was like, poor Thomas Grice, he can't get any help, can't get any help, blah, blah, blah. Right. Well, right now, as, as much as we were dogging on Matt Murray at the beginning of the season, Thomas Grice is now last in the league in goals saved above expected. Uh, and, and so I, I think we might have to start looking at that with a little bit more critical of an eye, not necessarily to confirm, uh, that Grice has been bad necessarily, but I think maybe, uh, and I, and I think I would have said this if I didn't know this stat, but, um, Grice really specifically has to step it up. And if Jonathan Bernier, uh, is not at the absolute top of his game. I think it's going to spell disaster and to take it one step further. I think a lot of people are in for a rude awakening of just how, like, I don't know how somebody can be undervalued and overvalued at the same time, but I think all hell is going to break loose if Jonathan Bernie gets dealt to the deadline in a, in a yeah. way that you're accepting if you're a tanking team, but I think it's going to get really bad. I really do. Yeah. I think people are going to, uh, one of those you're not going to really appreciate how great he was till he was gone. And not that he's, you know, some hard trophy winner or anything, but you know, I think it's one of those things where once he gets dealt and it makes a lot of sense, as we've talked about before for him to get dealt, that's not out of the picture by any means. Um, I think people are really going to realize, look at, look at the goalie situation with a different eye going forward and really realize exactly how well he was playing and uh, maybe for the better or for worse highlight really just how amazingly terrible this defense is. Uh, and another thing about that too, like just on a very like kind of sentimental level, like he was in the darkest days of the Red Wings, like the only thing that <laughs> made anybody yeah. smile oh, for, yeah. like a, for like a, a pretty amount of time. So just on a, like a very fan level, like uh it's it's gonna kind of be a little bit bittersweet i think when when Jonathan sure. Bernier, uh, eventually leaves his team whether it is at the deadline or whether it is in free agency uh but nevertheless we got to talk about these reverse retro scott because they were just about as awful maybe worse than the red wings actual on ice play tonight 
Yeah, it's it's really it's it's close call. I'd say between the two, I'd say it's pretty damn close. I I was wrong. I made a prediction on the show yesterday that I said once those jerseys get out of the ice, I don't think they're going to be you did as, say that. as bad as they looked. And um, the thing is, is it's not like they look ugly. They just don't make any sense. You know, they don't they don't look like NHL hockey jerseys. Why are there and, random gray stripes all over? And and I <laughs> and I think that is an important distinction to make. I don't like I I don't think they're ugly. I think they don't make any sense. And they, uh, they were like not just because of the color scheme on them, but the whole uniform top to bottom. I'm like, why are the why are the pants that color? Why are the like why are sure. why is this that color? Like they just the whole uniform as a whole is dog shit. <laughs> right. Right. If you if you try to do like a like an NFL color rush thing, right? Make yeah. like maybe the pants looked like it and you that's, had to wear socks that looked like it or something. Like it might be a little more passable, but why we're wearing our normal home red shorts with these jerseys is mind-boggling. And why are there random gray stripes just randomly placed all over the jersey makes even less sense. Um, so these things should, the, the Red Wings are wearing them tomorrow in, yes. uh, Carolina for some reason. I, 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 I think it's so funny that they're wearing them in back-to-back games. And I'm just assuming that that's just another like F you in some yeah, way, shape sure. or form. I don't know how, but I, I guess I'm, uh, I'm interested to know. We're going to talk about the power play in the next segment, but first we got to figure out a way to recycle these retro jerseys. Uh, give me your, give me your first couple. Okay. Your first. Uh, So, so I have one absolute ringer and then another one that I think is kind of funny, but I, I have one that like, they legitimately should do this. Okay. I have a really good one. All right. My first one though, uh, is I think that in order to save money from it's a pandemic here, right. You, you know, we've already been, Illich has already Chris, said, I was going to say, Chris to, Illich is poor. Save some money, right? Of course, of course. As Chris McCoskey says, mom and pop shop. <laughs> um, so here's the thing, okay? I think when they're shipping equipment out or sending equipment in, they, they, they're boxing it, right? Mm-hmm. And in that box, you see, you know, you have like the foam, like bubbles or like the bubble wrap yeah. or, or whatever, right? So I'm thinking instead of that, you just put all of these through a shredder. So they're strings and then you use it as like packing peanuts and then you just pile them on and then you open them. And it's kind of like a fun thing because you open them and as you're lifting out, whatever's in there, like they're falling down. It could be like majestic. I really like the idea of making them packing peanuts. I like packing peanuts a lot. That also gave me the idea for like uh, streamers or not. What are oh, for sure. Like you could like dip it halfway in. You I know? like it. And then it's like paper mache. Yeah, yeah. Paper or, mache. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm oh, sorry. I'm on the, I'm currently on the, the trimmed bottom. Yes. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. If you put it halfway through and so the bottom is all trimmed and the top half okay. is still intact and then it's an advertisement. Oh, I love it. You can it. write phone numbers on the bottom of right. it and, and pull it off. Pull them off. Yeah. Take it home. Yeah. Or, or like, you know, how some, uh, the, they have like doorways with like beads coming down, right? You walk through, you could do that. You could just have big, long, like streams of the Jersey you walk through a doorway. You're mm-hmm. walking through little streams of it. Yeah. I, I'm really hooked on the paper mache idea now. I've been making a paper mache volcano out of, uh, uh, like 
retro jersey mache i really like that idea too as well yeah and then you could like put it in the arena and like make it go off when the red wings score right the octopus comes out of it yeah yeah, yeah a lot of different ways here a lot of different ways i like that a lot all right my first one is to sell them to a ribs restaurant like a high higher class ribs restaurant um and then they can rent them to the customers as bibs okay i love it i i I love it absolutely and And when, and it when works. they get sauce on them, it kind of then it, it's, it's, yeah, no, it's that that's encouraged. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> encouraged to get them as dirty as possible. Yeah, no, I mean, they're, they're a literal bib for right. eating ribs and, and other barbecue items. I love it. Um, All right. What do you got? What do you got for your next one? Okay, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop the ringer on you. Okay, this should actually be done. I've convinced myself that this okay. is for real. What should happen? Okay, right. so in Major League Baseball, they have one weekend every year called Players Weekend. Okay, Players Weekend. For those who aren't familiar, the jerseys for one series, one weekend series, a three game series. The jerseys are crazy. They're super colorful. They're weird ass jerseys that they only wear for one series, and all the players get to put nicknames on the back of their jerseys instead of their last names. Okay. So it's, it's a fun weekend. The hats are different. Everybody designs their own special logo and special color scheme and special jerseys just for players weekend. Okay. Now, if, if the NHL isn't doing a league wide one, I say we take these, we go to like an elementary school mm-hmm. and we give all the kids the, the, the plain white gray jerseys that this we just watched. We give them all paint and we say, hey, for one like weekend series against the Blackhawks where we play like a Friday, Sunday or a back to back Saturday, Mm -hmm. Sunday, we're going to wear your painted jerseys. We let the kids loose. It's a it's a cool thing. Or you can do like a a cool cause if you want to go to like the children's hospital or something and they could do it. They get to paint. They get to paint. Thank you. Thank you very much. They get to paint all through like whatever they want on them. Doesn't have to color the lines. It doesn't matter. The wings mm-hmm. go out the next day. They wear the bright, colorful things that, that the kids painted. They go out there. They lose by five, but no one cares. It's, because it's for the kids. It's for the kids. And then they can just, it's a marketing thing. They can talk about how the kids got to paint them, but donate to this, whatever. It's it's really, I I came up with this day. I was like, oh, let's just have kids paint over them. And then I was like, no, this is actually real. And this should actually happen. And I'm fully on board at this point. Well, so are they going to like paint over them? Cause like when you said that, the idea that I had was like, you just give them a bunch of like Crayola markers and then they can like, actually sure, that's like, fair too. Yeah, it's paint, like they paint, can paint, logistically paint, not work, might not work. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking like, it's two different, you're trying to accomplish two very different things with paint, right? right. Like with paint, I'm assuming you're trying oh, to fair. fill it in, you know, sure. but with, uh, because of the, the beautiful blank white canvas, I think there's potential exactly. for family pictures. Um, you know, just pictures of like the sun in the corner. Like that's what I would do with mine. Right. Like I would just do like figure. a nice field of grass right. with a exactly. nice blue sky and then a, a sun in the in the armpit. Yeah, I, I love it. And yeah, I think I think marker probably makes more sense for like playing, you know what I mean? Like dry mm-hmm. paint and all that. Like yeah, it, you, well, you plus they already them. have the supplies, I would imagine. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I really like I really like just give the kids a bunch of sharpies or whatever, have them go, draw whatever, and, and then you can sign them can you know you could give it back to the kids after you could donate them so you could sell them for a charity uh, i really think 
that is absolutely what needs to happen. And I am fully on board with it at this point. I've convinced myself. I like that a lot. I think it's going to be tough for them to decide what to do between that. And then my next one here, and that is, <laughs> okay. um, you know, the, the, the magician arts, like it's not a very lucrative, uh, business. However, um, you know, the, the, the tough times right now, magician schools around the world, I would imagine are struggling and much like imagine. the Red Wings have practiced jerseys. I would imagine that, that, you know, magicians and clowns, et cetera, et cetera, also have practice equipment. That's not quite, you know, the quality that's used in games. Um, and so what I was thinking is that instead of like those long multicolored handkerchiefs, which I would imagine costs like three, $400 that magicians use, you just, good. you just sell really them good. a shipment of reverse retro jerseys and you tie them all together at the arms. And then you can practice pulling long tied right. together pieces of cloth out of your arm with uh the jerseys and, and you don't have to worry about um you know like the the, the the cool thing about them is that since they're in your arm and they got the nice climalite uh coolness to it like you won't Absolutely. get sweaty your arm they won't breathe. get sweaty they yes breathe. yes thank goodness finally um <laughs> magicians have been talking about Finally, the, the inability <laughs> right the inability of their of their pull cloth to breathe that's been a problem for for centuries at this point uh so yeah that that's kind of my thinking there and then um you know i i like the 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 idea of it being like very plain to, like you got to work your way up to the multicolored cloth sure sure so, yeah it, it depends on how talented you are right the, the yeah yeah, more yeah you the more you pull that's how good a, of a magician or a, or a helper assistant you are and once you get to the colored ones that's when you're like okay i, I know i'm legit kind of a thing yeah but if you're using the reverse retro ones and everybody's just gonna know you're a fraud exactly as long as you're uh, which is perfectly on brand I, yeah. you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. That, you you deserve it if you're if you, it's a reverse retro you deserve yeah. it my my only other one and this is like, if, if all else fails, please do this. You're going to take all of them, okay? All of them in one, whether it's a laundry bin or a shopping cart, I don't care. <laughs> okay? You're going to put them all in there at once. You're going to have somebody pushing them. You're going to go out of Little Caesars Arena. There's going to be a little alley to the right of it. There's uh -huh. a dumpster. Okay. You're going to take them. You're going to lift the bin up, pour uh -huh. them all into the dumpster, and then that's it. That's awesome. <laughs> I like that's, that a lot. That's my idea. Yeah. It's my final idea. The only problem is that doesn't help with sustainability, but. No, it doesn't, but it helps my eyes to never have to watch them on the, in LCA ever again. All right. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> that, that might actually probably be the best one, Scott. I'm going to be real honest with you. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Red Wings dangerous juggernaut power of play. Up in this oh, next segment, but first I got to talk to you guys about Bet Online. It's the fastest, it's the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL—you know that—are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Best of all, they've got real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Do you want to bet that Jeff Blashill is going to be the next Red Wings coach to get fired? Probably not because you probably won't win any money, but you could <laughs> if you wanted to. Uh, thanks to Bet Online, they've got you covered for all the news, all the scores, all the odds, all the all the bets. Uh, it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and enter our promo code Locked On, 
and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code locked on L O C K E D O N. And you'll receive your 50% welcome bonus at that online, your online sportsbook experts. Last kind of play in this period. Every Wednesday at Lockdown NHL, take a deep dive into the Western Conference with Sarah Evan Pato of Lockdown Kings and Tom Gazzola of Lockdown Oilers. Whether it's a look at top-end contenders like Vegas and Colorado or breaking down the rebuilds of the Kings and the Blackhawks, Lockdown NHL has you covered on Western Conference Wednesdays. Subscribe to Lockdown NHL wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Scott, uh, time for some more good news because the Red Wings, after going 0 for 40 on the power play, uh, finally scored on Saturday night, and then they haven't been able to stop scoring since. Evgeny Sveshnikov scored in the next game. Anthony Mantha scored on the second power play opportunity for the Red Wings tonight. They might have gotten scored uh, shorthanded on <laughs> in the opportunity before that, but I digress because the Detroit Red Wings, at this point, when Anthony Mantha went five-hole on Jonas Corpusella, who was honestly i couldn't tell you a single thing he did tonight um besides make a save on robbie fabry uh uh, on the first power play which uh was clicking right up until cam atkinson came down two on one and ripped a slap shot uh over jonathan bernier's shoulder it hurts but like i said as far as an offensive weapon goes this team is is finally figuring it out and i went to go tweet right before the cam atkinson goal like this this power play with Christian juice at the top just looks so much better. He knows what to do. He knows how to like get people open uh, up at the top. I like Anthony Manta over on the left side. That's where he scored his goal tonight. Uh, and really just kind of like a mismatched power play that's been thrown out there over these last couple of games has been getting the job done. Yeah, for sure. The, the people that lead the power play time on ice, right? I mean, th- those people are, like you said, it really seems kind of like a, a mismatch. Like there, there's leaks all over the pipe and they're just kind of like slapping bubble gum on them, but it's working. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. it doesn't really matter. Like it's working. And, and for a, a power play that literally went 0 for 40, I think I'll take, you know, scoring three power play goals in our last four games. And like, that's, that's a, or is that three in a row? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's three in a row. Yeah. Yep, that's, that's that's three in a row. I told you that uh, when they, when Manta scored, they were three for their last four. Right. Right. Unreal. <laughs> and, and so I think, I think it's, it's look, man, we are looking for any sign of, of light or of chemistry that might, we might be able to build on going forward. And if Manta being on a power play, is one of those things I will gladly take it. Anything is something. So that's, that's obviously a huge plus. And you know, you just can't stop them now. Don't let them mm-hmm. get hot. Don't, All I'm saying is don't uh, let I've them get hot. I've always said that, hot. Scott. Yep. I've always said that about myself. I'm still waiting to get hot. <laughs> uh, all right. We're going to wrap it up with some Luke Glendening face-off watch. Now, if you watched the Red Wings broadcast last night, you would know that it is now the focal point of every Fox Sports Detroit presentation. I don't watch a lot of Pistons, but I would imagine that George Blaha and Craig Kelser, and when Matt Shepard comes back for the Tigers uh, with Kirk Gibson, they are going to be talking about Luke Glendening's faceoff percentage as well. It's it's the entire broadcast. It's unreal. It, well, it, and it's, it's like rightfully so. Like he's dominating. It's not even yeah. like close. It's not like, oh, like, you know, he, he's, he's leading the NHL and, you know, he's leading it by like, he almost has after tonight, which he went 20 of 25 
<laughs> it's an 80% night. Uh, and it's not 80%, you know, in five opportunities. Yeah. That's an 80% night in 25 ops. Like, that is unbelievable. And he's doing that nightly. Um, and, and everybody else on the team, like, the next highest is, like, is like nine attempts. And he's just out there getting 25 a night and still putting up 80, 80% bombs. And the next closest person in the entire NHL being, like, four, almost 5% behind him is is quite unreal. And it's obviously – the talk of every broadcast. And it's something that as far as like we talked about earlier and talked about last week, as far as a trade trip chip goes, it's obviously a huge deal for the kind of return that we can give for him chipping a, a, somebody who's a guaranteed face-off win in the defensive zone to a contender is obviously a massive, massive plus for somebody down the stretch. But the Luke Landetting hype train is at a point that it is, it, it's, it's uncontrollable. It's unstoppable. And now I'm at the point where you could convince me of pretty much any trade return. Like he could be, <laughs> he could be the primary piece in a, in a trade for Jack Eichel. I, 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 you know, I love it. Joe DiBiase said they need a number one center. Hey, here you go, dude. Yeah. Number Literally one. Better than Patrice Bergeron. Number one in leading the NHL in Face-off percentage. Boom. Literally a number one. First in a stat. Tell yes. me a stat that Jack Eichel's first in. Exactly. Yeah. Done. Conversation over. There you go. Um, anything else that you wanted to touch on before we uh, beta do and forget about this terrible game for the rest of our lives? Uh, I Honestly, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to forgetting about it for the rest of my life. So I think I'm good. So uh, the Red Wings do play tomorrow. Uh, in Carolina, and then they've got Tampa for a two-game series starting March 9th, so they got a nice five-day break. I don't know what we're going to do in that time, Scott. Uh, Maybe more reverse retro recycling ideas. Who knows? Uh, But in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Red Wings. You can follow me on Twitter at Nolan Bianchi. I think on tomorrow's episode, uh, we I actually have no idea what we're going to do. But we're going to have a lot of fun. We always have a lot of fun. Always. That's that's the uh, Noli guarantee here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Always a fun time. So we'll see you back here tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. You're locked on Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.